millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The episode you're about to hear is from the Super Random Podcast by Inquirer Podcasts. If you want to hear more explainers on Pinoy pop culture phenomena, follow Super Random on your podcast app. Why do Pinoys love to snack so much? Why do we like salty foods? And where did our favorite chicharia come from? We'll answer these and more today. Welcome to the salty but still super episode of Super Random. An Inquirer podcast powered by Puma Podcast, where we discuss and deconstruct everything Pinoy pop culture that you've either forgotten or were too embarrassed to admit you liked. I'm your super obsessive host, Ruelas Rivera. Last episode, we explored the myth that Filipinos are predisposed to liking sweet food above all else. Is it possible, however, we like salty food even more? Let's find out. Filipinos are always eating, between meals in particular. Our main meals already have savory specials as the points of emphasis. And yet, we still find snacking between breakfast, lunch, and dinner irresistible. As students everywhere will tell you, Studying leads to seemingly endless snack sessions. We snack while traveling, sometimes even before sleeping. Yes, that's why they call it a midnight snack. Let's ask respected Philippine food historian Felice Prudente Santa Maria why it is we snack so much. Do Filipinos want to feel hunger at any point in the day? So, if you don't want to feel hunger at any point in the day, then you will eat when your tummy tells you to eat. If one has heavy meals, a heavy breakfast, a heavy lunch, a heavy dinner, then maybe you won't really need anything in between the three main meals. On the other hand, if you eat lightly, then perhaps you need to keep eating every four hours. Okay, that's one. Of course, there is the, uh, the cultural conditioning. So remember that once upon a time, when it was a farming and fishing society, the times that we ate were dictated by when there was light. So we had to eat something in the morning before leaving for the farm or leaving for the, the fish pond or leaving for the ocean. And it was what we used to refer to as bahaw. After which, then you had to get home before sunset. And as much as possible, you wanted to eat before the sun disappeared. And of course, it, it, it kind of changed. And eventually, we could extend daylight beyond sunset. We had factories and we had offices. So instead of a purely agricultural type of, of uh, demand on our time and on when we would eat, we now had factories and we had offices. 
And they had a totally different approach to when people should eat. But you see now, people now have to eat on the run. It's perfectly all right to be eating something in the jeepney. Oh, before? No way. If I ate something on the jeepney, it would be so offensive. But now, yes, people are in a rush. It takes forever for them to get to work. They have to eat while they're getting to work. That's the historical side of the story. Let's ask Margot Salcedo, a food columnist for the Philippine Daily Inquirer, for her take. It is part of our culture, isn't it? I noticed that the first time that I had a realization of that was when I was in a pub in London and I was happily having my Guinness beer. And then I was looking for pulutan. And they didn't have it. I was so upset. And then I was looking for somewhere to sit. But it's not part of their culture. So apparently, like, happy hour for them. You're just standing up the whole time. So I'm like, ano po to? Bakit ni pwedeng mupo? So we, we really love to sit down and eat at any time of the day. I don't know where that culture came from. But us in Bulacan, the joke is that we really are just around the dinner table from the time that we wake up. So you pray and then you're served breakfast and then dal 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 everyone around the table. And then before you know it, they've taken out the food for breakfast, they've replaced it with lunch and then you're still dal 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 pa rin. And then, you know, before you know it, they've replaced it with the merienda food and then they've replaced it with So we just really love to eat. It's part of who we are. So Felice, what did the Filipino snack on exactly before the Spaniards came? What you find around the country is pinipig. And that's north to south. And in some of the cultures, they have a bag which you wear at your waist. And you fill that with pinipig. And in, in some of the areas, it's like a bottle that's woven. So it has a long neck. And you take a swig of pinipig. You said before that more than being sweet, Filipino food was known more for being sour or salty. Why salty? I still haven't found out how much salt we like. In other words, how much is too much? But maybe the clue is in why does the body look for salt? Now, we come from a very hot climate. Sometimes I have a craving for salt. And I used to think there was something wrong. The craving for salt is not only because the body needs the, the, the chemicals that make up salt, but because it's dehydrated. In the Philippines, when one thinks of snacks, we think of the packaged stuff the Americans call junk food. But we call it chichirya. Feliz, where does the word chichirya come from? That's from a, a Spanish word. Let me spell it for you. Chicheria is from chicheria, C-H-I-C-H-E-R-I-A. Chicheria. And in Tagalog, remember, it's not spelled with a C anymore. It's spelled with a T. It's chicheria. Now, the chicheria was a tavern. It was a place that sold chicha. And chicha is a Mexican fermented beverage that was usually made out of uh, corn. But it could also be made out of pineapple, including the, the, the rind or the skin of the pineapple. That plus sugar. Word transferred here. And uh, chicheria, or chicha in Spain, 
came to also mean chicha. When you say that's chicha, it's like it's 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 something so small and it's something insignificant. So you can see how it's not a big thing. It's not a lot. Becomes a snack food. Becomes something little that you eat. And when it comes to chicharia, the top of mind brand for most Filipinos is Jack and Jill. The snack line from conglomerate Universal Robina Corporation or URC. The late John Gokongwei founded URC in 1966, effectively pioneering the industrial packaging as well as distribution of salty snacks in the Philippines. It cannot be overstated how influential Jack and Jill has been in the Pinoy snack aisle. And according to Summit Media, it all began with a trip to the hospital. In a 2020 reporter story, URC chairman Lance Gokongwe remembered how his father visited brother James Go at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. There, he wound up reading a magazine about machines that made snacks because it was the only magazine there. His interest peaked the late Gokongwe bought URC's first extruding machine, which presses mixed food ingredients such as cornstarch through a die or a mold to produce a certain shape. The first product was a corn puff snack dusted in orange cheese coloring. You know what that was? Yes, cheese curls. C-H-I-Z curls. And its distinctive blue and yellow packaging remains as recognizable as its cheesy flavor. By the way, Did you know that those characters in front of the package actually have names? Meet Carl and Curlette. Not joking. But the undisputed king of salty Pinoy chichiria is another Jack and Jill product. In the royal red, the king of corn, Chippy. Did you ever wonder where it got its name? It's called Chippy because, believe it or not, it was always meant to be affordable. Or Chippy. Get it? Not kidding. Lance Gokongwei said Chippy was the first runaway hit they had in countries like Mexico and, of course, the Philippines. Today, Chippy comes in flavors like barbecue, chili and cheese, and garlic and vinegar, as can be deciphered by the color of the package. But for many Pinoys, the original red chippy, perhaps the saltest chicharia of all, is the most definitive. No other variant or variation of the chippy can replace the original red chippy! <laughs> and Jack and Jill has rolled out one product after another. Jack and Jill potato chips, its wavy cousin V-Cut, the geometrical Piatos, and the multigrain Nova. You know, these are popular because not only have they endured, but Jack and Jill keeps releasing them in new color-coded flavors and in smaller sizes to fit different budgets. And it's tingy-tingy. Exactly. Felice pointed out that Filipinos often only have enough money on hand to buy one item at a time. So, it makes sense that they would prefer the smallest package of their favorite snack as well. But not all snacks can be like the immortal cheese curls. Jack and Jill 
has also had its share of discontinued snacks, like the barbecue curls. Kinda like a less salty, less cheesy cheese curls. Beef curry curls. And the much-missed munchies. And the company will no doubt continue to try out and transform new snacks in the future. Yeah, I, I don't remember Lace until maybe in high school. Like mga grade school talagang Jack and Jill talaga. Jack and Jill's biggest rival when it comes to Chicheria is less known for its company name, Leslie Corporation or Leslie's, than its signature product, one so recognizable it's a favorite among Pinoy's abroad. I'm talking, of course, about clover chips, Leslie's own corn-based snack. Bizarrely enough, Leslie Corporation began by importing textiles and garments in 1960. It was in 1975 that Leslie created its masterpiece, clover chips, available in cheese blue and barbecue red. While clover chips has grown into a Filipino institution, it can be argued that a byproduct called clover bits has turned into a school perennial. Clover bits are essentially crushed barbecue clover chips in little packages. Students could not only eat them in secret during class by hiding them in uniforms, but eat them by tipping the contents directly into their mouths. Yeah, you just it into your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> While Jack and Jill and Leslie's dominate the snack aisle, there are other companies carving out their own corner of the pantry. The company doing the most expansion right now is the spawn of a long-time presence in the food industry. In 1946, Liwayway Holdings Company Limited was started by the Chan family and was known as the Starch or Gao Gao Company. But it was the brothers Carlos and Manuel Chan, both immigrants from Fujian province in China, who began manufacturing snacks under the brand name Owishi. Japanese, Owishi means delicious. Owishi's prawn crackers and curry yummy flakes, curry meaning pretty in Japanese by the way, were launched in 1974. Liwaiwai used Japanese technology and manufactured and distributed everywhere from China to the UK, just as they have expanded their product line extensively. By the way, you may be familiar with the other Chan brother, Ben who is, of course, the founder of the clothing company Bench. With their affordability, their constant devotion to the exacting salty standards of the Filipino and the head start they had before foreign brands like Lay's and Pringles could enter the market, these food companies ensured their continued dominance and preferability. Filipinos just like their snacks local. There are other companies, of course, that are still growing, finding their niche. Regent has its Snaku vegetable crackers, which not only has the best name, but also the best marketing angle with its made-from-vegetable backstory. 
Nutri State Line Mix, the notoriously pungent Humpy Dumpy Chili Garlic Tortilla Chips. And there will be more to come for sure. And that doesn't even include the pollutant that Margo was talking about. Everything from the ubiquitous fish crackers, balut, and chicharon. That's actually considered more serious and more substantial food. Chicheria is wired into the Filipino brain as chips we eat when we're studying or watching television. So perhaps the problem is that just maybe we're eating too much chicheria. I mean, it is called junk food for a reason. Think about it. What were once snack food? These are the portable comitillas, the portable snack food. These have become meals in themselves. Okay, think about your peanut. Peanut itself is an extremely nutritious food, as long as you're not allergic to peanut. Oil, as long as you don't have too much of it, is pretty good, okay? And of course, you, you, you want to put a little bit of, of flavor into it. And so you could put the salt. Some, I'm sure you know, there's also the sweet peanut. And what happens here is you will see, and I can be guilty of this myself, is that I'm snack food that is very salty, drink a lot of water because it forces me to drink a lot of water, and then eat something sweet. Let's just say that I feel that there could be more nutritious snack foods. There could be more nutritious little meals. And hopefully all of them, all of these portable foods, hopefully they're affordable. It's because in the past, if you look, it is because they were affordable that they became popular and they lasted. So in two episodes, we have discussed the sweet and the salty. Which is it then? What is the Filipino flavor? Is it salty or sweet? I would describe Filipinos' taste in general as delicious. <laughs> I guess if I was to describe our people, we have very different cultures. Um, the Ilocanos have a very different flavor profile from the Bulakenos, who also have a different profile from the Ilocan- uh, Ilongos, and then also from, from Davao. And you will see this in something as simple as, even with just our suman, there's like so many varieties. Or even on our adobo, diba? there's like so many varieties. The Bicolanos like it spicy. The Bulacanos like it sweeter. The Ilongos would like it with a bit of asim. Diba? So, so iba-iba siya. We like all the flavors, meaning all the textures and all the tastes. We want to have them available all together at any one moment. And we want to be able to eat them one at a time or all together. We want to be able to combine them and recombine them at any moment as we wish. So the diversity, the sense of diversity in the Filipino meal is, is very strong. Which is why, you know the word ginhawa? Ginhawa not only means well-being or joy or happiness and good things. In the 1800s and even earlier, it meant having so many different kinds of food as during a fiesta. That was kaginhawaan. That huge, big variety. Different flavors, different tastes, fried food, roasted food, all of that together, sweet food, salty food. We need to have all to make us happy. 
So whoever's making the chichiria, the junk food, that's why when you have all those different textures, sizes, different nuts, mixed nuts, and then you add those things that look like noodles but aren't noodles and they're fried, and you put it all in one container, maybe you throw in something sweet as well, that is what is going to be popular because it's all in one. That's the Filipino. That's it for this super salty episode of Super Random, an Inquirer podcast powered by Puma Podcast. This episode was produced by Macy Hoven and edited by Nico Bolante. We would like to thank Feliz Pudente Santa Maria and Margot Salcedo for joining us on the show today. If you like this episode, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on Spotify or wherever you catch your favorite podcasts. I'm Ruel S. Devera. Hi, I'm Gretchen Ho. Find out more about childhood games and how volleyball became the big sport that it is today in the next episode of Super Random. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.